0: Turn with me to Colossians 4 and verse 2. Colossians 4 and verse 2. Winston Churchill, when he knew that the battle was going to come to the shores of Britain, uh, began to speak to his people. and uh, He said this inspiring speech, Uh, And he said, look, we're going to fight on the beaches, we're going to fight on the hills, we're going to fight in the fields, we will never surrender. And uh, because of those words, his people were inspired, his enemies were discouraged, uh, and, and he had a determination in his heart to fight the battle as long as it lasted. I'm convinced that we need to have that same attitude within our hearts toward the spiritual battle that each and every one of us are facing uh, every day that we live. Uh, There's a battle for our personal walk with God. The enemy wants to draw us into sin. There's a battle for our families as the world teaches its values and God's values are different and we're teaching those values to our children. Uh, There's a battle in our nation and, and um, the spiritual battle, in Ephesians, Paul says, We struggle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. And so, he's not denying that there's not physical struggles, but he's saying, look, the, the main battle is focused in this spiritual realm, and it, it is incumbent upon every single Christian to fight this battle and not to quit as Ephesians put it taking our stand having done all to stand Uh, so we need to to face this battle and one of the ways we face this battle is in prayer I'm convinced that we need to pray because uh, the alternative to prayer is doing things in our own strength and uh, things are too critical in our personal lives, in our families, in our culture, uh, to to deal with things in our own natural strength. We need the supernatural power of Almighty God to help us accomplish uh, the battle and to win the battle as He desires. And Paul is speaking uh, about this battle uh, in the specific item of prayer and how to use prayer in this battle. He's been speaking about the family. He's been speaking about the church. And some different ways that we're to, to live in, in those contexts. Uh, and then immediately afterwards he speaks about prayer. And I believe that's because prayer needs to be a critical element in every one of these spheres of life. Um, and especially in if we're t- to see the kingdom of God move forward in our homes and in our nation. Uh, it will happen through the prayers of God's people and the action that we take under his leadership. And so, uh, Paul is giving some closing words. And, and it's interesting that as he closes this epistle, he's talked about the great power of Christ. He's the exalted one who holds all the universe together by his power. But he closes with prayer. Why? Why? Because prayer is what brings and invites the power of God into our situation. Uh, One pastor said, uh, prayer is taking our limp wire and connecting it to the lightning bolt of heaven. I like that. Um, And so, uh, we need to wage the spiritual battle before us in prayer. And, um, And the title of my message is Winning The battle. Uh, And so look with me at verse 2. It says, Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. And at the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door for us for the Word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains so that I may make it known as I should. So winning the battle. How do we win the spiritual battle that is being waged against us? Well, first of all, we need to be devoted. He says, devote yourselves to prayer. Now, we had one lady in the first church. I served as a staff member at this church. The first church I served in any kind of paid position. And she was a great woman of prayer. Her husband had been a pastor, and he had gone on to be with the Lord But she would spend hours each day uh, praying, not only for our church, but for churches all across the region. Uh, Pastors had heard about the the power and prayer that she had. They would send their names to her and say, please pray for me. And so she would lift these people up by name to the Lord every single day of her life. Um, This intimidates most people people i think probably most christians are a little bit intimidated by that but you don't have to pray three or four hours a day to be effective in prayer Uh, he says devote yourself to prayer Doesn't say pray three hours the model prayer that jesus gave us was very brief wasn't it uh little little phrases uh give us this day our daily bread pretty simple and straightforward right But these things have power. Why? The power is not in what we're doing. The power is that we're inviting God into the situation. And so uh, a brief prayer can accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. And persistent prayer can accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. I remember, now this is not necessarily with the kingdom of God, but this is just an illustration of of, uh, a quick prayer that's prayed that makes a difference. Um, when when Sherry and I were at my first pastorate, uh, we had a we had this couch. We had it when we got married. Uh, Sherry had gotten it, and uh, but the thing had started to fall apart. And I mean, you would you would sit at one end of it, and you would sink down and down and down and down and almost to the floor. And uh, Sherry decided, well, I think we need a new couch. But we were young and uh, didn't make a whole lot of money, and we thought, well. We don't have the money for a couch, <laughs> and uh, but she was just thinking about it one day, and she said, "Lord, would you give us a couch?" And she forgot about it. A couple of days later, this lady called us and she said, uh, "Hey, I'm buying a new couch, and uh, I've got this old couch. It's a good couch; it's in great condition, uh, but I'm just replacing it. Would you like a Would you like a couch?" And uh, sure enough. We received the couch. I think that's the sturdiest couch we ever owned. <laughs> it, it was a great uh, solid couch. I mean it, it our kids jumped all over it and did all kinds of somersaults and everything else and that thing uh, didn't didn't miss a beat. Um, and we got a recliner also in the deal. As just a brief prayer made a significant difference in our lives. You say, well, that's not not much about the kingdom of God, and that's true. But the same thing holds true in the spiritual in the spiritual life. You can pray a, a quick brief prayer and invite God into your situation. Uh I've done that oftentimes. Uh, if I've been talking to somebody who's lost and I feel like I need wisdom in how to, to approach the, the, the person and talk to them about Jesus. And I've asked God, Lord, would you give me wisdom? And it's just a silent prayer I pray in my my mind because God knows what I'm thinking. And um uh but, but when he says, devote yourselves to prayer, this idea of persistence in prayer. Persistence in prayer. Um, you can make a list of prayers for your spouse, for your kids, for our church, whatever the case may be. And you can pray those prayers persistently. They could be short prayers. But it's amazing what God will do. I've got some lists. I, uh, another pastor uh, we were on vacation. We were at this this church, and he's a he's a pastor friend of mine. And he he challenged his people uh, to uh, come up with a 31 day uh, prayer guide with a simple prayer to pray for your kids each day. I look back over that was years ago. I look back over that, and about half of those things have already been answered. It's amazing what God has done. And it's just shown me the power of just simple persistence, being devoted to prayer on a regular basis. Don't give up. You remember the widow and the unjust judge? He just kept knocking at the door. And finally, he's, just, he's sick to death of her. And he says, you know, I, I don't fear God. I don't regard men. I don't care what people think. But this woman, she is just bugging me to death. And I am going to give her justice against her adversary. And Jesus said, well, how much more will God grant justice to his people who cry out to him day and night? So be devoted uh, in your prayers. If you're to win the battle, I'm, con- I'm convinced we need to keep praying for our country. We need to keep praying uh, for our leaders uh, when we're burdened about something that we see on the news, we need to lift it to God in prayer. Listen, I'm convinced that Christians are the answer to all this stuff because we can invite Jesus into the situation. You remember what the, the Israelites did in the wilderness? Most of the time, when bad things happen, they started grumbling, right? Oh, you know, why you... Know, Remember all that food with the leeks and onions, and uh, uh, you know I imagine they had to use a lot of breath mints because of all the leeks and onions. But uh, they they were they were remembering all this great food in Egypt, and we're out here in the middle of the wilderness, and oh, it's so bad. And uh, but Moses would cry out to God about the need, and God would answer. You see, I'm convinced that God's people can make. A profound difference in our nation and in this world through devoted prayer keep praying for your kids your grandkids whatever the case may be keep praying for your spouse keep praying for your own spiritual life don't give up persist in prayer be devoted in prayer that's the way we win the battle. So if we're winning the battle, how do we win the spiritual battle that's being waged against us? First of all, we need to be devoted. Secondly, we need to be awake. He says, devote yourselves to prayer, stay alert in it with thanksgiving. That phrase, stay alert in my translation, can mean be awake, be sober, be vigilant, that kind of idea. Um, it's the idea of, of uh, being on watch. Right? As a soldier, I remember um, when I was in the military, we had to stand guard. And and they would put the ID up against the window. And you needed to be awake because it might be Mickey Mouse. And if it was Mickey Mouse on that ID, you weren't supposed to let him in. Uh, but it, you know, we had one guy, uh, they put the Mickey Mouse up. He wouldn't let him in. Well, then he put his real ID up there and the guy still wouldn't let him in. Boy, you can imagine what happened to him. And so, uh, being alert, the idea is being watchful. What, our enemy is going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Be alert to what's happening in your own spiritual life. Be alert to what's happening in your family. Be alert to what's happening in this nation. And lift it up to God in prayer, because our enemy wants to destroy us. He wants to destroy the work of God and the kingdom of God in this land. And you and I can make a difference through persistent prayer. We need to be awake, be alert. Ask God to help us have discernment. Ask God to lead us through the power of the Holy Spirit as we pray uh, if there's a need in someone's life. One of the great things about the body of Christ is that we can minister to each other. And uh, maybe this week I'm struggling, next week you're struggling. and, And we can... One week you can pray for me, the next week I can pray for you. And the Holy Spirit of God can lead us in that. Uh, And then as we share what's going on, one reason I love a small group or a Sunday school type setting is because we can speak into each other's lives and we can encourage each other. We can share needs and we can pray for each other. Uh, But we need to be alert because a lot of times people don't tell you what's going on, right? Maybe you see a countenance that's kind of different. They come into the church service and normally they'd be cheerful. Hey, how you doing? You know, but this time they kind of have this somber look and they sit down in the pew. They don't say anything to anybody. Maybe there's something going on. That might be a cue to just breathe a prayer. Lord, would you encourage that individual? Would you lift that pe- person up and help them or whatever they're facing right now? Um. From time to time, uh, God will lay somebody on my heart. Uh, some of you have told me that God laid you on my heart, and I've prayed for you. Um, my family has done that, and my sister's especially good at that. And she she will tell me uh, at times, "Boy, you know your family has been on my heart all week long," and uh, and I've been praying for you, and and usually. I'm like, Lord, thank you, God. I needed every bit of it. yeah. Because it's been one of those weeks. You've had those weeks before, right? Everything goes wrong. And, uh, you, you know, you're all kind of out of sorts. And uh, you said, boy, uh, I heard somebody say, boy, the 2020, I just wish you'd skip on to 20. Uh, I saw something something recently on the Internet. Uh, said. Uh, my mom said that she'd, uh, she'd spank me in the next year or whoop me in the next year. And... Uh, uh, I'm going to go back and ask her about that so I can go to her next year instead of this year. But we've all had those times, right? Uh, and, and when the enemy comes in like a flood, when there's an evil day in our lives, praise God for the people of God who can intercede for others in the body of Christ um, to give us the grace we need. Of course, we ought to be praying as well. <laughs> That's a cue to pray when there's trouble. Uh, but be awake. Be alert. Be alert to what's going on. Um, Sometimes uh, if if your car is getting ready to break down, there'll be some initial symptoms of that, right? You hear a little bit of knocking in the engine. We had a car that used to leak oil. And you could tell. When the oil got a little bit low, you'd start hearing this little noise. If you didn't put oil in it, You're going to be getting a new car. (laughs) So uh, you kind of had to to pay attention to be alert to what was going on. Uh, So we need to be awake, spiritually speaking, to what's going on and ask God to give us discernment in how to pray so that we can win the battle. We serve an omniscient God. He knows everything that's happening all the time. He knows what's going on in your life right now. He knows what's going on in my life right now. He knows our failures, our victories. He knows what the enemy's got planned for us. He knows what we're going to face tomorrow. And because he has that omniscience, he is able to lead us and guide us in prayer in a perfect way. And never forget, you have a great high priest in heaven who intercedes for you, on a consistent basis, what a comfort that is! So, winning the battle—how do we win? First of all, we need to be devoted. We need to be awake. Thirdly, we need to be thankful. We need to be thankful. Uh, it says in verse one, stay or verse two, stay alert in it with Thanksgiving. You say, "Well, Thanksgiving doesn't sound like battle." It is battle. Um, I was reading, I believe it was Psalm 50 this past week, and it was talking about how thanksgiving prepares the way for you to see the salvation of God. Uh, you remember Jehoshaphat. The opposing army come, coming. God says, send the singers out front. That would not have been a good strategy in football season, to put the singers out front. Uh, you'd have probably got demolished. But, uh, but in this case, it was spiritual. And the singers were worshiping and praising God. They were thanking God for what he had done. And the Bible says that God threw these three opposing armies, Ammon and uh, Moab and Edom. He threw them into confusion. They began to kill each other. The Israelites didn't have to do a thing. God just took care of it for them. They defeated themselves. Pretty impressive. Battle strategy. Spiritual battle strategy. Be thankful. Now, this seems like a simple thing, but most people tend to gravitate toward the negative, right? We tend to gripe. We tend to complain. I uh, like what Aiden Rogers used to say are you grumbly hateful or are you humbly grateful? And, uh, you know, most people tend to gravitate towards the grumbling and complaining, uh, just like the Israelites did, uh, rather than thanking God. But we can choose to thank God. You don't have to feel like thanking God to thank God. You don't have to feel like praising God to praise God. You can choose to do it as a battle strategy. I remember one time in my life, I was just—I facing so much that it was just overwhelming. And uh, at one point, I just thought, you know what? kind of stuck my jaw out. I'm going to thank God despite what's going on, regardless of what happens. I'm going to thank God. And I would just do that. I would make it a, a point. Every time I got up at, or to, to go, some, you know, to <laughs> take a trip to the bathroom or, or to to go see somebody, whatever the case may be, I would thank God for something. Maybe thank Him for two or three things. And it is amazing how there would be a shift in my heart and how my heart would be turned to the the things that God has done for me and the goodness of God. And I'd begin to get in, a, in an attitude of praise and uh, the burdens would dissipate as I focused upon the Lord. Uh, what a great thing. So th- being thankful, by the way, is something commanded by God in multiple places. Um, this is something that is God's will for every Christian. Regardless of how bad you've got it, you can thank God. You can thank God that you're taking your next breath. Right? I mean, every breath we have is a gift of God. You can thank God that you have what measure of health you have. Um, You can even thank God for the negative things that are happening in your life. We know that Romans 8.28 says God works all things together for good. So you can say, Lord, I thank you for this thing that is just horrible in my life. I thank you for what you're going to do with it. I don't know what you're going to do with it, but I thank you in advance for it. That you're going to take this that the enemy meant for evil, and you're going to use it for good. I thank you for it, Lord. Uh, It's amazing how it will change your outlook and help you to walk by faith. And here's the secret. What does Paul say in Ephesians? If you take up the shield of faith you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. In other words, when you're trusting God, when your eyes are on God, when you're recognizing who He is, and your heart is focused on Him, there's nothing that the devil can throw at you that won't be quenched by the power of the Spirit in your life. Powerful. Be thankful. So winning the battle, how do you do it? Be devoted. Be awake. Be thankful. Be proactive. Be proactive. If you look at verse 3, Paul says, At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the Word, to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains, that God may open a door for us for the message that we need to share. Paul says, look, I'm in prison for preaching the gospel, but I believe God's got a plan for me. And What I want to ask you to do is to pray with me and for me that God at the right time will open the right door so that I can share the gospel and fulfill the purpose for which God created me. He was praying about his future before it got there. When I was in the military, we used to uh, do what was called preventative maintenance, and, you know, we would do uh, lube jobs on equipment and, you know, and we would uh, do inspections and things like that and uh, check things out to make sure nothing was about to break down. And it was kind of the idea was, if you can keep it from breaking down, is less maintenance you have to do in the long run. So, uh, And we would do this preventative maintenance. But as, as Christians, we can pray about our future before it gets here. And, and God could already be working on what he's going to do with us tomorrow or next week or next month or next year uh, as we pray and as we lift these things up to God. We can have an eye to the future as God lays upon our heart what he wants us to do. Paul knew it was God's will for him to preach the gospel. So he was praying that there'd be an open door. And what a blessing. What a blessing to have those open doors. So be proactive. Don't just pray about the crisis that you're in right now. Pray for the open door for the kingdom of God. So many Christians don't even think about the kingdom of God. Prayer is a list of their own personal needs rather than um, a focus upon what needs to happen in the kingdom of God. Not always, but often that's the case. And so uh, being proactive, we're looking to what God wants to do in the kingdom. There's some things that God has told us He wants to happen. Can you pray for personal holiness in your life? That's a great prayer to pray. What about uh, prayer for God's will and purposes to be fulfilled in your life? What about, Lord, help me hunger and thirst after righteousness? Because you promised if I hunger and thirst after righteousness, I'll be filled. Father, help me delight myself in you. Because you have promised... If I delight myself in you, you'll give me the desires of my heart. Some great prayers to pray. But as far as kingdom matters, you might pray, Lord, show me what my role is in ministering to my local church and in reaching people with the message of the gospel. And help me to fulfill it in the power of your Holy Spirit. So uh, you you could apply this in a lot of different ways. We need to pray for our missionaries overseas. Uh, I get emails from the Wycliffe translators. I saw a video uh, about the Wycliffe translators when I was in college, and I have never lost the fascination with that ministry. It's a fantastic ministry. They go to places where they have no scripture and where nobody knows their language. They learn the language, and they translate the Bible. Into that language, and uh, lives are changed. It's a wonderful ministry. Uh, they send a, a, a list of things that they're working on in an email from time to time uh, to me, uh, asking for, to pray for the completion of these projects. Because, guess what? They're spiritual warfare. When you're trying to translate, A Bible into a language of a people group. The devil hates that. And he'll do whatever he can do to stop it. Um, So uh, they pray for the completion. Uh, We've noticed in in the books that I've written that there's there's a, a time period towards the end of the project where there's just this resistance to getting it finished. And things just keep coming up to hinder, and so I, I finally realize what's going on, and I get people to pray for me, and and the project will go through to completion. But sometimes in being proactive, you look and you see, you anticipate what might be the issues in the future, and you pray about those things ahead of time. And I remember, in my first book, I had written this, rewritten this chapter three times, and it still was garbage. Okay, I was like, I was about to pull my hair out. And I said, Lord, I, would you please help me with this? Give me an idea of how to put this together. <clears throat> and he did. <laughs> and I wrote it out, and it made sense. And I was like, hallelujah. Uh, praise God for that. Uh, but you know what that taught me? On my second book, I started praying at the beginning of the project. <laughs> I didn't wait till I ran into trouble. I got proactive about it and began to pray at the beginning. So, be proactive and recognize this reality of spiritual warfare. And when you're seeking to do something for God, pray about it ahead of time. And it will help you win the battle. All right, and finally, not only be devoted, be awake, be thankful, be proactive, but be dependent. Verse 4, so that I may make it known as I should. He's talking about the message. That I may make it known as... As I should. Who's asking for this? The Apostle Paul, the guy that wrote Romans. Help me manifest the gospel in the way that I should. Listen, if he can't do it, I sure can't do it. I, I tell you what, it, it's amazing. He, Paul recognized his dependence upon God. He didn't get proud. He said, Boy, <laughs> I wrote Romans. Ha <laughs> ha. I can do anything. No. He said, I'm a pauper. I can't do anything without God. Listen, church, if you don't pray for me, I'm lost. I can't do a thing. for the kingdom of God. He was dependent upon God. I believe that's why he was so greatly used. You see, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We need to be dependent in our prayers. I'm convinced that that's one of the secrets to the Christian life, when you just recognize you can't do it on your own. Did you know failure can be a blessing even in the Christian life? If failure helps you recognize your need for God. And as you begin to invite God into the situation of your failure, He can turn weakness into strength. Or He can can leave the weakness there, and display his power in your life like he did with Paul. Remember, he, Paul said, remove this thorn in my flesh. And three times he prayed and God said, no. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul says, so I'm excited about my weakness because I know that by this weakness, God's power is, re- is resting on me. And and uh, and he got excited. Um, But there's this attitude of dependence, and he's just going to God with the things that are needs in his life. He also was dependent upon God with his church. Churches. If you look at the letters he writes to his churches, he almost always has a prayer in there somewhere. What he's praying for them. He recognized, he didn't say, oh, I'm the Apostle Paul. Church, church ministry is just, I've got it down. I, I've got it wired. Uh, listen, I don't need to pray. Uh, you guys pray. I'm going to go do something. No, he said, I, I can't do this ministry without prayer. And, and prayer was a central part of his life because he knew his dependence upon God. He needed God. Listen, we need God. If, if what you see on the news today doesn't convince you that we need God, I don't know what will. We need God, but I want to tell you something, God's able. God God has carried the church through the Roman Empire and the persecutions that were there. Uh, he's taken the church uh, through the uh, antagonism of dictators like Hitler and so forth. He tried to burn Bibles and shut down churches. Listen, I want to tell you, our God is sufficient. He's able. We just need to invite him into the situation. That's the power of prayer. So, winning the battle. How do you win? Be devoted, be awake, be thankful, be proactive, and be dependent. And as we are, as we persist in prayer and turn our eyes to Jesus, God will work on our behalf. I love what the psalmist said. I called unto the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Aren't you glad that we serve a God like that? Praise his name. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, to be faithful as your people, to be devoted to prayer. And, Lord, help us as your people to be obedient to you and dependent upon you uh, throughout our lives. And, and Father, help us intercede for each other. And, And help us to be faithful.